a good move. Why'd you dance him? Dancing is forbidden. Running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden and Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie, and on this podcast, I am usually watching through and talking about every Aqua Teen episode, but this week, we've got just something that we can't not talk about. This week, we are discussing Bashington's New Year's Eve. Come on, little meat, let's go upstairs to my room. Stairs? That's something I've only heard of in books. You rich, boy. You heard correctly. That was Brack and Meatwad having a conversation. Bashington's New Year's Eve party. Basically, it's a set of interstitials that was played on this New Year's Eve celebration. So, you know, really, we are covering the cloning and the last one, the last two episodes of season two of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Well, both of those aired on the same night, and these interstitials played between them and between the other shows in the lineup. And there's just so much Aqua Teen Hunger Force all over this thing. We have all three Aqua Teens having moments. We have Carl having moments. And then just other voice actors and characters that we know and love, like Andy Merrill playing Brack, George Lowe playing a bunch of other characters, MC Chris playing Hesh, just a ton of voice actors we are already familiar with. So I'm just so excited to dive into this thing because I did not know what it even was. I, I didn't know it existed. And it's just the coolest thing ever. It's just a mashup of all these characters hanging out. So, all right, if you want to see this, you can see it for free on YouTube. Just search Bashington's New Year's Eve party or check the show notes. There will be a link there. And of course, if you want to know the pop culture of the time, for example, what the top tracks were, what the top film was that week, go and listen to my coverage of the cloning because that is set the same week, the same night, rather, that this is. So, okay, it's New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2003. You're flipping on Adult Swim at 11 p.m., what are you seeing? All right, well, first and foremost, you are seeing white text on a black background that says Adult Swim may contain material that parents might not find suitable for viewers under the age of 14. So that's how we're kicking off, but that's how we kick off every night, okay? So what we see after that, again, white text on black background. It says the Bashingtons present, you can't party with your pants up. So all of these segments are kind of titled. It's always the Bashingtons present and then something silly. This one is titled, You Can't Party With Your Pants Up, which makes sense. Okay, we'll get into it here. So we open in on on Dad from the Brack Show. He's sitting in their kitchen like he normally does. And Mom is standing there. They're kind of talking for a little bit. And then Dad stands up on the chair. And of course, you know, Dad, he's a tiny little guy, right? He's way smaller than everyone else in the world. It's the funniest thing. Tiny little Dad, of course, voiced by George Lowe stands up on his chair, he pulls his pants down, saying, like, you know, you can't have a party with your pants up. Eventually, Brack will come in, he'll pull his pants down as well. Uh, uh, Brack wearing tidy whities here, and Dad wearing some sort of yellow boxers with little designs on them. But the funny thing about Brack is his pants are, like, individual leg segments, I guess, and he just pulls them each down, it's really funny. But, yeah, they'll kind of talk for a while. This segment, it's about a minute long, and again, it opens the night. It is just the Brack family here. It's just Brack, Dad, and Mom, and they're kind of talking about their party that they will be throwing. Oh, look at this, Mother. It says here there's a giant New Year's Eve party at our house tonight. Why the hell am I the last person to know about this? It was your idea, dear. It was? <laughs> then these pants are down and I'm ready to party. 
Party! Party! <laughs> Woohoo! Party tonight! Oh, hey, you guys hear about the big party we're having? Yes, there's going to be lots of drinking and sex. Woohoo! <laughs> then why aren't your pants down, Mom? <laughs> you can't have sex with your pants up, right, son? Not unless you have special pockets. And a flashlight full of jello. <laughs> <laughs> you boys will need all your special sex tricks when you see how many famous adult swim stars I invited to the party. For sex. <laughs> I just the loving machine, and I'm not working for nobody but you. Uh. <laughs> Ooh, here's our first guest. Get ready, and get ready, everyone at home. Our first guest will be arriving in the next segment. All right, so there's that audio at the end. We will be getting that at the beginning and end of every segment. And basically, it gives us some text kind of introducing the clip or explaining what's coming up. For example, like, oh, commercials are next or whatever show we will be going into. So that one said Aqua Teen Hunger Force is next because this opened the night. And then from here, it went into the cloning. Again, we covered that last week on the podcast or uh, previously on the podcast, whenever we did it. Go back and listen to that. So, all right, a few visual things here. When Dad drops his pants, it's just zoomed in on his upper section, and then you just hear the sound of pants dropping, and then it zooms out, and you see Nahina has his pants down, which is great because, you know, all these William Street shows, the animation is so limited, and they're definitely not going to be making a ton of new animations just for these segments. So I thought that was pretty masterful, the way that they did that. The way that they always kind of do this, the way that they work with these uh, limited assets, they're just really creative about it. But in terms of Brack's house, I mean, you know, I'm not going to explain it a ton. I, I did cover an episode of Brack's show over on the Patreon feed. We covered the episode Brack Street, Men in the Band, which is a really fun episode. So I talked a bit about Brack's house in that one. So I'm not going to get too into it here. But yeah, we've got Brack's house and you see there are some balloons. We see some alcohol on the counter. There's a, a big uh, a big jar of, of cheese puffs or something like that. Pretty funny. Dad has a, a pint of beer on the table. I see some wine, all sorts of little party favors and stuff. Otherwise, nothing too crazy. And yeah, their, their kitchen, it's just kind of a normal kitchen. Of course, Brack show the backgrounds being photorealistic most of the time here. So a bit of a contrast from Aqua Teen, which definitely lent uh, and leaned more into the cartoony nature of things. Which, which is, you know, growing up, I like that about Aqua Teen. And I was kind of put off from Brack's show because of the the realistic backgrounds. I don't know why, because as an as an adult, I don't care. But yeah, I don't know. It's just the, the world of Aqua Teen felt more cohesive, maybe, because of, of the more homogenized art style to an extent over something like Brack's show or or the other kind of shows with all sorts of borrowed animation and, and assets. Obviously, Aqua Teen did that in the very beginning, and some things did stay, like Dr. Weird's lab and stuff. But overall, as Aqua Teen went on, they got bigger budgets, I assume, because their animation definitely got better, and also just their their backgrounds and stuff were were at a certain point, just all kind of made by Bob Pettit. And I've mentioned on the show before, too, in the commentary on one of the episodes, I think it was on Super Trivia, Bob Pettit does kind of complain that the assumption for Aqua Teen is all the backgrounds are from other shows, because in the beginning they did that, but then, you know, as the show went on, Bob Pettit worked very, very hard to make these great backgrounds, and people would see them and just be like, oh yeah, that's from some other Hanna-Barbera thing, when it wasn't. But okay, that was our first clip there, just setting the night up. We're going to have a party, lots of William Street characters. They're all going to have sex. I mean, not really, but, you know, that's the idea. It's going to be a sexy time. The, the mashup we always wanted. We're about to get into it here. Our first guests have arrived. 
And it's the Aqua Teens. We have Meatwad, Frylock, and Shake showing up. I guess Carl comes later because he will show up, but we don't actually see him enter the party. We have just the three Aqua Teens coming in. And of course, in our timeline for the night, this is taking place after the cloning premiered. So this is in between the cloning and the last one. Let's jump in and hear our favorite characters arrive to the sex party. And you know, before I drop a sin, I gotta say, the the intro to this one, it says the Bashingtons present God's way of punishing the poor. Well, hello. Welcome to where our... Where is the toilet? What the hell is this milkshake doing in hey, the kitchen? did I not just ask where the toilet was? Because if you don't have one, I'll use the sink. You will, too. Get them dishes out of there. Shit. We've never met these people before. Please try to show a little restraint. I've been showing restraint since we got off the freaking turnpike. Now, if I don't get some relief soon, I will not be held responsible. Let me show you to the washroom. Finally, someone listens. God. So, Master Shake, he's got to use the bathroom, and he's very belligerent about it. I need to mention that Brack's mom here is played by Joanna Daniel. She plays Brack's mom from episodes 15 through 28, the 28th episode premiering on this night. And yeah, at some point, uh, the mom character, the mom voice actress, rather, got switched. And the original mom was played by Marsha Crenshaw, and she, you know, had an American accent and was a little bit sweeter. This mom has a British accent and is, you know, she doesn't deal with as much shit in the Brack show. So there's just a little bit there. Obviously, there's more that we can get into, but this is an Aqua Teen podcast. We're more concerned about Master Shake using the bathroom because he's been holding in for a long time. I assume they traveled by danger cart and Master Shake, hey, nature calls. He's got to use the restroom. We see on the table, we actually have some potato chips put out for the party. And hey, I can't complain. I like, I like a plain chip. Nothing wrong with that. Good call on the plain potato chip. Kind of fun here to see Frylock really caring about making a good impression on these people because we've seen that with him so many times in Aqua Teen, most notably in the episode The, when he wants some normal kind of neighbors, some some human friends, and he can't quite achieve that. But it's, it's a similar situation here. He's very conscious about, about fitting in and adhering to people's rules, being polite, all that kind of thing. So typical Frylock here. It's just so fun to see these characters interact. Anyways, Master Shake and Mom, they're going to walk off screen because Mom is showing Master Shake the bathroom. And then Meatwad's going to kind of ask a question here. He's, he's wondering why the Brack family, they get to live in such a nice house. The Aqua Teens have to live in a shitty house. And then Brack and Meatwad will get some interaction there too. Let's give it a listen. This is still all the same clip, by the way. I'm just breaking it up so we can discuss it. But this would have been played in one continuous thing in between the cloning and the last one. Father, how come these people get to live in a palace, and yet we forced to live in squalor? Oh, I guess that's just God's way of punishing the poor, Meatwad. <laughs> hey, little meat guy. You want me to warm up some spaghetti sauce for you to swim around in? Yeah, I ain't into that, boy. What are you into, little fella? I've been keeping it real, boy. With my little baby dollars. <laughs> uh, do you have any paper towel rolls? He likes to make dolls out of them. Oh, boy, I'd like to do that, too. Come on, little meat. Let's go upstairs to my room. Upstairs? That's something I've only heard of in books. You rich, boy. So that is me, Watt, and Brack. They're exiting to the left side of the screen to go up to Brack's room to hang out, play with dollies. And we had Dad staying there the whole time, but he didn't say anything. And something I forgot to mention about Dad is earlier in the previous clip, uh, before the Aqua Teen showed up, Dad was kind of dancing around with his pants pulled down, but he doesn't actually have a walk animation, or at least he didn't there. Literally, it was just the image just jumping up and down. Very funny. 
And you know, it really makes me appreciate how they handled working on Aqua Teen compared to these other William Street shows, because Aqua Teen is pretty much just as limited, but because of the character designs and because of how they really focus on which assets to really animate and which not to, they were able to make it not look as uh, limited in animation, I guess. Because, you know, we get these new characters in an episode, and, and they usually have just a couple animations, but the way they just play with them and use them, it makes it not feel as limited as it really is. As opposed to something like Brack Show here, and, and we will see later on in the episode too, because they will have some Aqua Teen assets that are animated in very cheap ways, that ways that they were not meant to be animated in the episode. So I think all of this just lends to how creative the Aqua Teen team was in, in using these assets, because again, very, very cheaply made, very simplistic, but the way that they play with them, it doesn't really appear to be that way, as glaringly as these other shows. So, all right, Meatwad asking a really good question there. He's like, hey, how come these guys get a nice house and we don't? You know, that's the uh, question for the ages there, Meatwad. But him and Brack left. And as, as Meatwad and Brack are leaving, Master Shake is coming back, but he's carrying a paper bag that clearly is full of some sort of liquid. It's very, very gross. And I have to say, this is not the same paper bag that we saw in the episode The Cubing. I went back and checked because I remember there being a... Uh, you know, a waste-filled bag. In that episode, this is a different waste-filled bag. Shake, what the hell is that? I couldn't find the toilet, so I just peed in this bag. Wow. <laughs> hey, should I put this in the fridge or what? Sure, put it in there next to mine. Now, <laughs> we have a party. All right, so this is back after messages. So from here, we are going into a commercial break. Um, not quite into the last one, the final episode of Aqua Teen this season yet. So we are still in between the cloning and last one. And I want to mention at, at this point, Brack's dad, his pants are down again. But but previously when we saw him, his pants were back up. So his pants are just all over the place. But the point here is Shake, for whatever reason, he couldn't find the toilet. So Brack's mom took him to the bathroom, right? Does that mean that Shake went into the bathroom and then didn't know like what the toilet looked like? So then he just used a bag? Or was he not able to find the bathroom? Did maybe mom just direct him at a certain point? And he, I don't know. Who knows what happens here? Regardless, Shake, he's got a piss-filled bag. And I just love the play between Shake and dad. Because dad's like, yeah, put it in the fridge next to mine. <laughs> like, that's where dad's going to the bathroom, too. He's just using a paper bag. But all right, we come back from commercial break now. And the party's popping. There's many more guests here from all sorts of William Street shows. So in the background, I see Emery, he's standing next to Mom, and she is standing next to Moses. I don't know what this Moses character is actually from, but we did talk about him in a previous episode because there was a commercial trying to, you know, promote the Volume 1 Space Ghost and Aqua Teen DVD sets, and Moses was the one doing it. So I don't know if he was made specifically for that promo, and they're throwing him in here now, or if he's from one of the other shows. I couldn't quite find anything. After that, we have Bird Boy from Harvey Birdman standing next to some sort of blonde woman. I'm not sure what she is from. But then next to her, we see Both Monster Man, of course, from the third episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. He's, he's chilling out. Then I see some sort of kind of candy-looking spoon creature. Don't know who that is. <laughs> Apologies here. I, I don't know some of these other characters. But next to him is Frylock. And then that's, that's all along the back wall in the kitchen. And then on, on the foreground here... From C-Lab 2021, we have Dr. Quinn, and he is talking to Myron Reducto from Harvey Birdman. They're having a conversation. Hopefully, uh, I said that name right. Myron? Miron? Who knows? 
But they're, they're having a conversation. Then we just see Master Shake. He is like on the bottom right of the screen. So otherwise, we have Dad standing there. And Space Ghost is going to walk in with Moltar and Zorak. And of course, Space Ghost, also voiced by George Lowe. So you will hear George Lowe talking to himself here. And then the legendary C. Martin Croker playing Moltar and Zorak. Of course, he voiced Dr. Weird and Steve in Aqua Teen. And before we dive in, the title on this upcoming segment or these next few clips is The Bashingtons Present Do It All Night Long in Them Pants. Ah, Space Ghost! <laughs> I'm so glad you could come. I thought you might be busy with your crime fighting adventures. Crime fighting? <laughs> that can wait. Where's your wife? <laughs> I want her. Oh, she's over there talking to Moses. Mother, Space Ghost is here and he wants you. So it's really funny seeing these three Space Ghost characters enter because when the Aqua Teens came in, they were animated just like a normal Aqua Teen episode, right? But when Space Ghost and them come in, they don't really have like normal walk cycles. So they just literally just their their pictures just bounce up and down as they come in. And again, just shows the the difference between how Aqua Teen handled animation and the other shows did. Of course, you know, with Space Ghost, the show was done very cheaply in the beginning, like extremely cheaply, and they just kind of stuck with it for continuity's sake. But but yeah, it is kind of a glaring difference between the two that they really don't even have walk cycles. But all right, Space Ghost, he wants dad's wife, and then Moses is going to step in here and kind of go on a monologue about how this is bad, but then he kind of changes his mind. Thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife, Space Ghost. I was just thinking about it. I wasn't gonna. Thinking about <laughs> it is still a sin. What if you die tonight? Do you want that sin on your permanent record? I'll lighten up, Moses. I'm already dead. Oh, well then. Sin thine ass off, friend. And with my blessings, ha ha ha, do it to it, man. Do it all night long in them pants. So Moses having a change of heart here and also, you know, saying the title of this segment. But man, it's just really bugging me that I can't find more about this this Moses character. I don't even know who's voicing him. It sounds familiar, but like I just I suck at nailing down voice actors, so I'm not even going to attempt it. But like even just looking up pictures of this character, there's nothing on Google. I can't find any Moses character in any of these shows. I don't know where he comes from and hopefully as the podcast goes on, we can learn more about him. But all right, so Moses, he gave the A-OK -okay to Space Ghost to sin because Space Ghost, he's already dead. He's a ghost, I guess, so he can do whatever the hell he wants. And now we're going to have a short interaction with Master Shake and Space Ghost. Master Shake is going to make his way across the party. He's going to kind of hit into Space Ghost and throw some insults his way. Out of the way, fat ass. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, a thousand pardons. I meant... Lord ass! You got a permit for that thing? <laughs> you got a permit for that thing? So that's just Shake insulting Space Ghost saying he's got a big uh, badonkadonk, I guess. And what I love about this and what I will continue to love about this is we get to see all these different characters from their respective shows really play to their strengths and bring their own unique senses of humor that the shows had and have all of them interact in this way at this party. So you have, you know, Space Ghost with his brand of humor, but then but then Master Shake with his brand of humor. It's just really fun to see all of these kind of interplay and really just makes me depressed that we didn't get more of this kind of thing. Oh, well, instead of crying about what we didn't get, let's keep talking about what we did get. So now we are about to have Zorak here. Dad's going to talk to him thinking that, oh, you know, it's Zorak because Zorak was in Space Ghost, but he was also in Brack Show. And then we're going to see that 
they're two different Zoraks because on the Brack show, Zorak is going to show up. They're going to talk a little bit, and then the Space Ghost Zorak will say there can be only one. And then suddenly, from the ceiling, Thunderclees from the Brack show. He's a giant robot. He's going to come crashing through the ceiling and kill the Space Ghost Zorak. Zorak, we sent the kiddies up to Brack's room so they wouldn't bother the grown-ups. Why don't you join them? Who the f*** are you? <laughs> I might ask you the same question. Oh, really? And who the f*** are you? I'm the Brack Show, Zorak. Well, I'm the Coast to Coast, Zorak. And there can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> so that is Thunderclays just squishing Zorak. And of course, you know, you have Brack Show, which was a very direct spinoff from Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Aqua Teen was as well a little bit because there was that unmade script from Space Ghost that then got turned into an episode. Well, Brack Show was much more of a direct spinoff because Brack was in Space Ghost and Zorak was as well, although we can see that this is a different Zorak here. They kind of address that because the Space Ghost Zorak, his animation is a little bit more limited. You can tell the drawing is a bit fuzzier. It's straight out of Hanna-Barbera, right? Well, then the Brack Show Zorak he, you know, looks cleaner. The lines are, are sharper. You can just tell that they retraced it for the Brack show because they had to keep that style a little bit more consistent. So you do see like, yeah, Zorak talking to another Zorak, but they do look a bit different because of the different animation styles between the two. But again, the space goes Zorak. He's dead now and they will come back to that. But uh, Thunderclees is in the room here. Of course, he is one of the neighbors in Brack show, a giant robot. And Thunderclees was voiced by Carrie Means, who voices Frylock. So they're going to play with that now. You're going to have Frylock say, oh my, you know, oh my god, Thunderclees, or something like that. He's going to address Thunderclees. Let's give it a listen. Am I too late? Are all the women taken? <laughs> Thunderclees? Father! So there it is. Father, we find out that Frylock actually made Thunderclees, which is really, really cool because, of course, it's the same voice actor, and now it makes sense. That's why Thunderclees, you know, in, in this world sounds kind of like Frylock. You know, it's the same voice actor because Frylock created Thunderclees. He programmed him and you would assume kind of gave him his own voice. So that's like really cool. I love this little bit of lore here that Frylock created Thunderclees. And I love when, when Thunderclees comes in. He's like, are the women taken? That's that's why he's at the party. And very different characters here between Thunderclees and Frylock. Thunderclees a lot more dramatic, th theatrical. He's always yelling and shouting. While Frylock is a much more reserved character, he's the straight man. He doesn't get to be as silly in most episodes like Thunderclees got to be. So I'm really excited whenever I get to talk to Carrie Means here. I'd love to ask him about that, you know, what it was like playing these two different characters at this time. And it's kind of sad, you know, because Brack Show is getting canceled on this night. And then Carrie doesn't get to do that voice anymore. He's relegated just to Frylock and doesn't really get to show his entire range. Because Carrie means he's a classically trained actor and, and he can do all sorts of characters. But again, he's just kind of stuck doing Frylock, who is uh, most of the time just a stick in the mud, kind of a one-dimensional character meant to, to ground the other characters in some sort uh, of sensibility, in some sort of logic. But it seems like, you know, and you would assume that it's it's more fun being the crazy big character that unfortunately this is, uh, you know, Carrie's time doing that going away a little bit with Thunderclees and Brack Show getting canceled. Anyways, on the outro there, it said another Aqua Teen is next. So at this point, they are going into the last one, which we will be covering this month. So look forward to that. So the last one plays out. From there, we get a title card that says the Bashingtons present 
They speak English in what? And we're going to get a little bit of live action play here because we have what is supposed to be Dewey and Vanessa from Aqua Teen. It's like live action. It's, it's you know, the toilet paper tube with the face on it and the apple with the face on it. They are being used as puppets in this little theater by Meatwad and Brack. And they're acting out a scene from Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino's film. What country is it from? What? What? Ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? What? English, mother <laughs> Do you speak it? Yes. Then you know what I'm saying? Yes. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. What? Say I... what again? Say what again? <laughs> I told you. I double told you, mother <laughs> Say what one more time. He's black. Go on. He's bald. Does he look like a bitch? What? <laughs> oh! Does he look like a bitch? No! Then why are you trying to f*** him like a bitch, bro? I did Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did, bro. You tried to f*** him. And Marcellus Wallace don't like to be f by anybody except Mrs. Wallace. You know what, mate? I don't feel like playing Quentin Tarantino theater anymore. <laughs> well, let's watch the TV. Maybe Pro Fiction is on. So that was Meatwad holding Dewey the toilet paper tube, and Dewey had a, a little wig on and was holding a gun pointed at Vanessa. Vanessa being held by Brack, and Vanessa without the hair or a mustache. It was just a face, a frowny face on, on a green apple there. And you hear a gunshot at one point, and then Vanessa kind of ducks down, then pops back up, and there's a bite taken out of the apple over her face. But you heard at the end that Brack, he was tired of playing Quentin Tarantino theater. But I just love seeing Meatwad here. He gets to have a buddy. Him and Brack get to be friends. I've heard Jay Wade Edwards point out specifically that both Aqua Teen and Brack Show had these, these sweet, lovable comedic foils like Meatwad and Brack in their respective shows that other shows didn't quite have. And I loved seeing these two just lovable characters get to interact and just enjoy each other's company, especially because in Aqua Teen, Meatwad, he doesn't really have any friends to an extent. Uh, Brack does on the Brack Show, but... Yeah, poor Meatwad, he's usually just getting abused by Shake, so it's a real treat here to see him get to get to play dollies with somebody who isn't just trying to ruin his toys. But of course, again, that was Meatwad and Brack acting out a, a famous scene in Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino's 1994 film. Just a, an incredibly famous movie, which, surprise, surprise to nobody, I have not seen yet, but I need to see it. I've seen a, a lot of other Tarantino films, but I haven't seen Pulp Fiction yet. I'll get around to it. I did watch this scene, though, that they were spoofing, and just really fun that they would spoof this, this iconic scene here. Of course, Meatwad playing the role of Jules Winfield, who is played by Samuel L. Jackson. But from there, they're going to turn the TV on and see what's on TV. And we're going to get more live action. We're going to be greeted with Don Kennedy. He's kind of dressed up like a, a, a sailor or something like that. He He's behind the big ship's wheel like you would see you know, on an old-timey boat. He's behind one of those. He'll be saying some stuff. And if you're unfamiliar with Don Kennedy, he was all over Adult Swim, all over Aqua Teen, most notably in the Assisted Living Dracula short. That is Don Kennedy. He is, a, he is the Assisted Living Dracula. He also plays Vegetable Man. And he goes on to voice Lance in the season seven episode, Rubber Man. But besides that, he was on Space Ghost Coast to Coast as Tanzit. He was on the Brack show as Marlin. He, he was in an episode of C-Lab. And if you have seen uh, the Terror Phone shorts, he shows up in those as well. So just a buddy of, of the Aqua Teen guys and a lot of the other William Street guys. That's Don Kennedy. Let's hear what he's got to say here. He's, he's on the TV. Meatwad and Brack are loving it. I think we will too. Hey, everybody! <laughs> I hope you're rocking out. 
drunk. <laughs> Just like Box Club Bert. Who's this Bert Ferguson? Now I'll come back <laughs> after the break, you little brats, or I'll kick your asses in. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So now it says back after messages. I love Meatwad, you know, because he was like, oh, maybe Pulp Fiction's on. And then he's, you know, halfway through. Is this Pulp Fiction? When he memorized this entire scene from Pulp Fiction, you think he would know if it was Pulp Fiction or not. So just, I just love that really stupid humor from Meatwad there. But I love Don Kennedy. He's just kind of harassing and berating the viewer. <laughs> really, really, really funny there. But let's keep moving here because we still have a lot of this short to discuss and we are almost half an hour in. Jesus Christ. Okay, so, so moving on here in our timeline for the night... We are after the last one, but we are going to be going to a commercial break and then back to more Bashington's New Year's Eve party before we go into C-Lab. So C-Lab has not started yet. We are coming back from the commercial break after the last one. What are we greeted with? Our title for this upcoming segment is the Bashington's Present. Please make all deliveries in the rear. We open with Carl, and he's talking with Moltar and kind of looking at Debbie from C-Lab 2021's ass, right? Because they wear those jumpsuit things in C-Lab, and they're pretty form-fitting. So Carl is there admiring Debbie's behind, and then he gets talked up by Moltar to go talk to her. He does, and it doesn't go too well. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, damn. Broad's got a nice ass. Yeah, but I think she's dating Dr. Quinn. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that. But I'm looking at that ass, and I know that that's the kind of ass I like to tap. <laughs> yeah! Why don't you go tap it, then? You're so good at ass tapping. Well, you, you think I should? Oh, yeah. That ass has your name on it, Carl. Oh, I know. I'm reading it. It says Carl's Wild Ride. Please <laughs> make all deliveries in the rear. <laughs> go hit on her, man. Do it. She wants you. you. May, what, you mean now? Jump it. No, 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 no. I mean later. We'll do it later, but, you know, I don't have my colognes or my uh, robes. Get or... over there. What, 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 what would I do? Quit being a wussy. All right, <laughs> all right. I'm going for it. Oh, whoop. whoopsie. I bumped into you. I'm sorry. I was wondering, um, you, you, you want to sneak away and do it? What? W me in the bushes. Oh, you want to get it on. That would be my dream. Then let's go right here. Let me see what you got. What, right here in front, front of everybody? I mean, I, mean, I, co I couldn't do that. Come on, whip it out, fat stuff. Bro, I, 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 I can't do it with spectators. I need, I need... I'm impotent. Thank you very much, miss. Goodbye. Debbie here, voiced by Kate Miller. And yeah, we have Carl just looking at her ass. He's freaking out about it. He walks up. And he kind of like slaps her butt, kind of like puts his hand on it, but pretends like, oops, sorry, I fell. I bumped India. Didn't mean to do that. And Debbie masterfully just kind of calls Carl out like, all right, well, if you want to fuck, then let's go. Let's do it right here, right now. And, and then Carl's all like, oh, well, I, I can't do it with people watching. Then he eventually reveals that he's impotent, which means that he basically has erectile dysfunction. He cannot get an erection. So he's all talk, no action. Very surprising. Um, I don't know if I like that they did that with Carl in this scene because uh, I, I don't think that's really the case as, as how we've seen Carl in previous episodes in terms of his ability to get an erection. But, I mean, I don't know how else they would end this little segment. I like the way that it played out in itself. Doesn't really confirm to the lore of the show, but hey, I think it's a fun interaction nonetheless. Should also mention that there are a few more characters here now. For example, Debbie was talking to Harvey Birdman before Carl came up. And uh, Carl and Moltar, they had like some bear character in their circle. Again, I don't know all these characters. Aquatine, 
always has been my show. That's what really brought me into Adult Swim was Aqua Teen. Maybe when I was younger, besides like the Fox shows, like Family Guy and stuff, I liked those growing up. But Aqua Teen was really my show. I said on the podcast before, I didn't get too into C-Lab, didn't get too into Brack, didn't get too into Space Ghost. Space Ghost I'm into now. I could talk to you about that. I could talk to you about Xavier, Renegade Angel, all the Tim and Eric stuff. Home Movies, Mission Hill. There's a lot of Adult Swim shows that I did love, but in terms of just William Street here, it's always been Aqua Teen for me, so apologize. I can't speak to a lot of these other characters. But hey, that kind of explains why I'm doing an Aqua Teen podcast and uh, not a general Adult Swim podcast. So, speaking of Aqua Teen, Carl got rejected by Debbie. Master Shake, he's gonna move in. Looks like Daddy's going pudding-free for a while, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, how'd it go, Carl? Is she pregnant? <laughs> Not by me, Jack. That bitch is psycho. <laughs> so C-Lab 2021 is next. So finally, we are getting to our third show of the night, just to give you an idea of the scope of how in-depth these shorts are, you know, how long they are. We are finally getting to our third show here. And remember, Aqua Teen was two 15-minute shows. So finally, it's 11.35, and they are starting C-Lab 2021, and the episode is Frozen Dinner. And I will touch on that episode in a second, but to wrap up that last clip, you have Master Shake coming in to kind of make fun of Carl. Carl comes back, and he says that Debbie is psycho. You know, he calls her a bitch. And that's just funny to me that she just thoroughly embarrassed him. She really just shut him down completely in a, in a great way. And the, uh, Carl's takeaway, this might not even be his takeaway, but what he says to save face is like, oh, no, she's fucking crazy. Like, I'm not dealing with her, even though, really, he couldn't get it up. She basically offered to have sex with him, even though she knew he wouldn't. But she offered to, and, and he couldn't perform. But, uh, you know, that's not the story that he's telling his buddy Moltar. But to discuss really quickly our episode that's going to air now, we have Frozen Dinner C-Lab 2021, and this is season three, episode 11. It is the second to last episode of the season. And the next episode uh, closing out season three is Tornado Shanks, which airs January 11th. So it'll be, you know, 11 more days or, or so until another C-Lab airs or a new one rather. But the the synopsis on this one is a distress signal from Ice Station Zebra sends the C-Lab crew on a daring rescue mission in their new submarine. This one has a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb, which is one of the higher rated episodes this season. I think it's like tied for first place for uh, season three of C-Lab. So one of the better received ones. And we have a familiar voice on this one. We have Dave Willis showing up as a character on the Ice Station Zebra. So... There's that episode of C-Lab, you know, one of the better episodes because, again, you know, I'm not a C-Lab head, but my understanding is as it goes on, the quality kind of drops and it isn't as well received as the earlier seasons. Looking at the ratings, actually, this is the highest rated for the rest of the show's run, this episode, and, and they go on to have two more seasons. A 7.4 ain't great, let me tell you, and uh, season 4 of C-Lab doesn't have any 7 out of 10s on IMDb, and season 5 has 1, the episode Shrabster has a, is a 7.1, and everything else is 6s and 5s. Yeah, just really hard to get into C-Lab when I see this, but I, I'm sure it's worth checking out. I will check it out at some point, you know, of course, this is on HBO Max, no reason not to check it out. Moving on with our night, our next title card is The Bashingtons Present Your Bum Eye and How It Doesn't Exist. So we open in on Phil from Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, and he is talking to Hesh from C-Lab 2021. 
Phil here, voiced, of course, by Stephen Colbert before he went on to become, you know, just super famous. He was in Harvey Birdman. So you will hear his voice here. And he is talking to Hesh, voiced by MC Chris, who we are very familiar with. Of course, interviewed him on the podcast a little while ago. And he, of course, voices MC Pants and a couple other characters on Aqua Teen, notably Young Carl. Gotta mention that standing next to these guys as they're having a conversation is Dad, although he doesn't say anything. I don't mean to brag or make anybody feel inferior in any way, but that is my niche. And by niche, I mean niche. So what happened to your eye? My eye? Nothing. It's perfectly fine. I'm talking about the other eye. The retarded one. Ha! Ha ha ha! Inappropriate. Let me guess. You wanted to be a friggin' pirate when you were sucking on your mommy's teeth, right? Can we please talk about something else? Like what? Your bum eye and how it doesn't exist? You make me sick. I'm gonna lift up your patch and spit right in your bum eye that doesn't exist. I am an extremely wealthy man. I am not used to being spoken to in this fashion. Well, get used to it, mother... <laughs> I am not used to getting spoken to in this fashion. So you'll notice every time they curse, like dropping an F-bomb, it gets bleeped out by a... I don't know what that what that's called, like a steam horn on a ship or something. But that is the theme here because we had Don Kennedy dressed up as a, a captain of a ship in a way. Like he's supposed to be a steamboat driver, it looks like, that that is the sound they are going with in these shorts. And I forgot to mention that Phil, he has an eye patch on. He's the blonde character with an eye patch in Harvey Birdman. So that's what Hesh is kind of referring to, like making fun of his eye patch and everything like that. And I just love the visual of Dad standing next to these characters because, as you know, Dad is a very short character, but in the Brack show, he's like the only human, right? So it doesn't look as ridiculous because he's standing next to these kind of uh, cat creatures and other kind of monster things like Zorak and, and Thundercles and all that. So there aren't really many humans in, in Brack show, to my knowledge. So seeing him standing next to these normal-looking human characters is really funny, seeing how short he is. It's just very silly. But onto the production on this one, unfortunately, I just don't know, man. I, I reached out to Jay Wade Edwards because I think this might have been a little soon, but around this time, he was working on as many Cartoon Network and Adult Swim things as he could to raise extra money for his film Stomp Shout Scream. So I reached out to Jay saying, hey, I'm covering this on the podcast. I don't know if you edited on this or if you know anything about it. And he didn't get back to me. So I'm assuming that's a no. I feel like if he did, he would have said, oh, yeah, and would have told me. But I, I take it that he didn't really have anything to do with it. I don't know who did. I was debating like, oh, do I do I re reach out to somebody else about this? But I don't know if they would even remember because it was just this one-off series of bumps. So I don't know who edited on this. I don't know what writing looked like. And next time I talk to one of these guys, I'll, I'll make sure to bring this up because I'm really fascinated. Like, how did this come together? How did this work? Because they're just going so above and beyond with this, having all these voice actors do this stuff. Somebody edited it all together and just all the writing, everything on it is so fun and, and just so worth, you know, doing a podcast about. They really didn't phone this in. They really made it worth watching. And yeah, just so many, so many, so many unanswered questions. I can't find any information online. To my knowledge, there's no credits for this that aired that night. So who knows? And that kind of leads me to this next point that the only reason we have this is because people recorded it when it happened and people uploaded it. So thank you to the people who uploaded this. There are a few uploads on YouTube, so I'm not going to go through and credit everyone, but just thank you to those guys because... To my knowledge, this was not released on a DVD or anything. You only, we only can watch this because somebody recorded it and uploaded it. These are basically just commercials that they were showing between shows. It's just crazy. They put so much effort into this, into something that 
was basically just meant to be a throwaway when really this is just this huge mashup of all these great shows that really defined an era. Anyways, let's jump back into this. We have, you know, Phil and Hesh standing there and now Debbie is about to walk up and uh, Phil will kind of hit on her a little bit, similar to Carl, but Debbie, she's into it and she's going to start kind of caressing his chest. The animation here, very funny because of course this was done so cheaply. I don't know if if Debbie normally does this kind of animation, but to me, it does not look like this is a, a refined animation. It's just the way her arm moves is very silly. Caressing his chest. Let's hear this love story play out. Hey, Hesh. Who's your friend? Huh? Oh, this is Phil. He's rich as f***. <laughs> you can get in there. Do it. You be in diamond. He's right. I am rich. Ha! 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 But not too rich to appreciate a fine ass when I see one. <laughs> well, help yourself. I'm running a special tonight. Ha ha! Poon Tang. Ha ha! Poon Tang. Great acting here from Stephen Colbert. The part when he's just like, ha ha ha, or whatever, it just zooms in on him every single time he does it. Just a uh, really fun set of sequences there. And my understanding of this character is they kill him off in a way, but then bring him back with a different voice actor. And this was because Stephen Colbert was starting the Colbert Rapport at a certain point. So, you know, I... Never got into, into Harvey Birdman, so that's all I can really say about that. But I did love the Colbert Rapport growing up. It was one of my favorite things and just kind of sucks because once I graduated high school and really started to understand and get into politics, both uh, The Daily Show and Colbert Rapport went away. I mean, obviously now Trevor Noah does The Daily Show, but I haven't watched any of that. But really wish that The Colbert Rapport was still around. Just a very, very funny show. Even when I was younger, you know, I didn't really care about politics. I wasn't really into politics. I love The Colbert Rapport because Stephen Colbert is just, he's an undeniable talent. So really knowing he's in Harvey Birdman makes me want to check it out more. But okay, this segment is not done. Hesh, he's going to walk up to Frylock now. Hesh holding a clipboard. And I should say he was holding a clipboard the entire time. I'm not entirely sure why. And Frylock, we saw earlier in this clip that the entire time his back has been turned. It doesn't really make sense. You have to assume maybe he's looking at the alcohol on the counter. Uh, maybe he's fixing a drink, although we don't see his arms moving or anything like that. And it's kind of funny because when we saw him previously... Frylock, uh, with his back turned, he wasn't floating. It didn't seem like he was just kind of, you know, stationary while other characters are moving around. So it was just kind of weird. But yes, Hesh is going to walk up to Frylock with his back turned and Hesh is going to make a comment about Frylock's jewel of Ida Hocules. Hey, supersize. You got some serious bling on your back there. What, what is it? It's some kind of gaudy purple diamond. Oh, oh, that. What's it do? Well, that's <laughs> the source of all my power. Yeah, but what does it do? <laughs> but it doesn't do crap. No, no, really. I mean, my powers all emanate I from this. I bet it makes flowers sparkle and dogs sing. Because you're a what? Will you go away? Is that what it does? Wussy? Well, is I'll it? I'll tell you what. You're going to find out if you don't crawl out of my face. Look at me! Look at me, you <laughs> bitch! That is Frylock shooting lasers out of his eyes and, you know, kind of hurting Hesh. Not killing him, not exploding him like Frylock easily could, but teaches him a lesson. It leaves him singed and, and charred and it burned, understandably. But he's lucky that Frylock didn't just kill him. Hesh getting very aggressive there. Very fun to see that interaction. You know, Frylock does not have patience for these kinds of characters, as we are especially seeing later in season two of Aqua Teen when this aired. But man, this is just so fun. This is so cool. I love seeing this. And, and again, just bummed we didn't get more of this kind of thing because all these characters are so great. Seeing them interact in their own universes is great, but then seeing them interact outside of those universes together is just awesome. And, you know, it's just cool that at the time, this this network, 
a lot of this stuff was made in-house. You know, for example, we're not seeing Home Movies characters. Even though Home Movies was an Adult Swim property at this point, Adult Swim was financing new episodes, it wasn't William Street. So they didn't show up here. You know, we didn't see any Mission Hill people here. None of the anime characters here. Even, you know, some of those did get some Adult Swim money, I think. Uh, I'm not entirely sure on that. I know later on they do. But uh, yeah, this is all just the William Street stuff with with the uh, the shows that we are discussing. So that ended with a uh, a back after messages. So this is still all after C-Lab. Again, there's a lot of this before and after every show. So um, just so much content here. This was about 11 minutes with no intro, no outro, nothing. It's like pure 11 minutes of content that they created for this. Which to me, right, is kind of nuts that uh, they did so much, and, and by they, I mean the, the Aqua Teen crew, they did so much this year, 2003. They made 24 episodes. They also made a bunch of commercials and stuff for the episodes, but now they're also doing this, this extra episode with, with these voice actors, and I assume Matt and Dave were behind the writing for the Aqua Teen characters. So just a super incredibly productive year for Aqua Teen 2003, and what's nuts is they're just firing on all cylinders, and that in my opinion, it's the best year of Aqua Teen. So it's not even like, oh, they were stretched so thin. The episodes sucked. They weren't that great. They were the episodes were awesome, and all this additional kind of tertiary satellite content is just incredible as well. It's just you know what what a creative time for these guys. Want to mention there a topic of discussion is Frylock's jewel, and we know it's called the Jewel of Idaho. Of course, in that word is Idaho, which is very funny because he's French fries. Uh, I'm not sure when they first say that. I know in Baffler Meal they call it the Amulet of Ida Hercules, but I don't know that they've said Ida Hercules in the show proper yet, and they did not say it here. So I guess we'll have to keep an ear out going through future episodes. Jumping into our next segment now, this one is called The Bashingtons Present. Let's throw up all the booze we just drank. So now we're back in Brack's room, and we have Brack, Meatwad, and then Dolphin Boy from C-Lab 2021. You know, we've covered a C-Lab episode, so we kind of touched on Dolphin Boy a little bit. Uh, as you would expect, he is just this little boy that makes dolphin noises. Meatwad looks pretty fucking big here. He looks kind of huge. He's like bigger than Dolphin Boy. Kind of uh, fun to notice these sizing discrepancies on Meatwad from uh, time to time. But yeah, we have Meatwad, Brack, Dolphin Boy all hanging out. And Brack and Meatwad, they've been drinking. There are empty bottles everywhere. I suppose Dolphin Boy has been drinking as well. And uh, I guess some sort of uh, content warning here because they're just going to start barfing. It's really gross. Let's check it out. Hey, guys. Let's throw up the booze we just drank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I know how to do it. The Roger Master. How about you, Dolphin Boy? You want to try it? Who knows how to do it, Roger? Come on! You can do it! Shut up! Stop throwing up! Boxcar Bert's coming back on. Boxcar Bert's coming back on. Before we get to that, I need to mention here that, uh, first of all, I love seeing Drunk Meatwad back. You know, we saw him in Super Birthday Snake. Now we're seeing him again. Some great acting from Dave Willis on that. But what I wanted to mention was, in this shot and in previous segments, I've noticed that Meatwad's mouth looks a little off. For example, uh, when they first came to Brack's house, his mouth was maybe further away from his eyes than usual. And then here, after he throws up, his mouth is like right under his eyes. 
I have to assume whoever was doing the mouth flap on these was some like kind of newer person that they 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 just got assigned to do this because the main people were busy making the real shows and this is just a bump. So that's my guess there, but I wanted to point that out that uh all the other characters look very pretty pretty faithful, you know, to how they look in the shows normally, but with Meatwad I'm noticing some little little inconsistencies, but that's all right. The throw up effect was it looked almost 3D. It was really funny. The, the difference in the animation style between the throw-up and what these characters look like. Definitely not the throw-up we are used to seeing in Aqua Teen, that's for sure. This looks more computer-generated. Let's carry on, though. So we have Boxcar Burt coming back on, of course, Don Kennedy. And he's going to kind of just talk a little bit. And then it will cut to Matt Malero just shredding on the guitar. It looks like it's some sort of live event. That's what's going to be happening here. Let's jump in and hear Don Kennedy introduce this segment. This party's out of control. Yeah! And now, here's some music. Straight from the pits of hell. So it looks like Matt is actually wearing a Brack shirt, which is pretty cool. And then the text on the screen at a certain point says the Brack show coming up next. So this is leading us into the Brack show, which is actually the last episode of the Brack show. But back to Matt really quickly, I assume, I mean, this is just a, a fucking shot in the dark, but I assume that this is like a Donald Hubbard gig or something he's jamming in. No idea. I mean, I don't expect to be able to find this out, but uh, maybe I'll ask Matt one of these days. Who knows? But all right, coming up next, we have the Brack Show with Card Berkey, which is season three, episode eight. Again, the last episode of Brack Show. I actually just went and watched this one. It was a fun episode. It has a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb, which is pretty high for these kinds of shows overall. I want to mention in this episode, we see a woman named Ruby, who is the very blonde woman I alluded to earlier. She was at the party. I said, I don't really know who that is. It was Ruby from this episode. So I guess it makes sense, you know, after you're watching the party segments and then you finally see this episode, you see who she is. I don't think that she shows up anywhere else in Brack Show. But uh, yeah, not really a uh, last episode of Brack Show kind of thing. Like it didn't seem like they really tried to make it this big final episode. But at the end, Brack does say, I wish our show wasn't canceled. And then they will begin to address that now in the Bashington's New Year's Eve party segments. So, yeah, it was a fun episode. I'm not really going to get into it too much other than uh, the synopsis is Brack decides that living in a cardboard box will help him snare some women. So, yeah, Brack moves out into a cardboard box. It's it's a fun time here. The cool thing is they actually have both of mom's voice actresses show up, which is which is kind of fun. There's a little nod to Marsha Crenshaw at the end. But that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, I, I could go and watch all these episodes and we could dive into them a little bit, but this is already going on way too long for this 11 minute, uh, you know, thing that we're covering. So I'll leave that there about Brack Show. Sad that it's the final episode, but they went out on a pretty good note. It was it was a fun time. Let's cut back to Bashingtons. And the title on this next segment is the Bashingtons present boned 
by the master. We have dad standing there, Space Ghost is standing next to him. In the background, we're in the living room at this point. In the background, we see Moth Monster Man sitting down. We also have Oglethorpe in the background. We're seeing him finally. Otherwise, just a few Brack Show, C-Lab, Harvey Birdman characters in the background. I won't really get into them. And uh, you'll hear dad kind of talking to Brack, and Brack is watching Don Kennedy on the TV still. Are you watching these adult swim bullcrap? No, we're watching Boxcar Bert. Well, they just canned our show. Really? How's mom taking it? She picked up our last paycheck and left. Mom's gone? Who's going to clean up all this, Dad? I'm not your father. You can stop calling me Dad. My name is Javier. And I guess I might as well go back to my normal size. So it's revealed that dad's name was Javier. And then he's like, oh, I'll go back to my normal size. And he just like grows, you know, because normally, like, like I said, dad is small. But at this point, he just grows into a normal size, matching the height of the other characters, which is really funny. It's revealed that mom left. She took the last paycheck and, and bounced. So after that, Zorak, of course, this being the Brack show Zorak, he's going to bounce into frame. He's going to kind of talk about what just happened. And then Space Ghost is going to offer him a job. You guys hear about this horse? <laughs> what am I going to do now? My coast-to-coast Zorak was recently squished by a robot. I need a sassy boy Mantis to take his place. <laughs> Think you could fill the bill? <laughs> screw you. Change screw to and you're hired. Fuck you. are hired. <laughs> screw you. Change screw to fucking you're hired. Fuck you. You're hired. <laughs> oh my god, this back and forth is, is just great. But yeah, I love that they're addressing this whole, uh, the different Zoraks and, and Space Ghosts himself. Is like, yeah, you know, my Zorak died. Uh, but also, I just love how self-referential this is. They're poking fun at the fact that they got canceled. And it's cool that they were able to do this big event for the Brack Show. Because the Brack Show was one of those seminal, you know, adult swim shows. One of those big William Street shows. It wasn't really my thing, but I know a lot of people really love Brack Show. And I really, I really do like that show from what I've seen of it. So, I just really love that they were able to do this for it, as a send-off at least. This clip isn't over, though. It's going to get even crazier because, of course, we have Dad and Space Ghost standing there, both played by George Lowe. Well, now they're going to have the Aqua Teen George Lowe come in, uh, this being the George Lowe that we saw in the Mail Order Bride episode. He is the, he is the DJ for the party that ends up not happening. We're going to see him come in. He's going to talk to them, too, as George Lowe. And, of course, this character never had a walk cycle, so it literally just bounces around the screen like some of the other characters do. And we will see his book that he is peddling called Boned by the Master, which is, of course, written by George Lowe. The cover is pretty simple. It's just the the title in big gold letters, and then there are little dog bone kind of looking things on the cover there. Uh, Space Ghost, since you're hiring... Can you do something about that accent? Can you do something about yours? <laughs> he can't, but I can. Hi, I'm George Lowe. <laughs> I voice both of these fellas. Please buy my new book, Boned by the Master. So there's George Lowe coming in. Now Master Shake is going to enter the scene. Well, that's a tough break about your Brack show being canceled there, George. And it's got to put a dent in the old wallet, eh? Somebody ain't going to Sizzler tonight. <laughs> uh, we're still doing Space Ghost, right? <laughs> right, Keith? M- Mr. Crawford? Well, I guess I'll go up to my closet and do the news. At least I still got that job. How much do they pay you for that? I don't know. Can I come with you? Suit yourself. <laughs> so uh, we have George Lowe asking Keith Crawford if they're still doing Space Ghost. Keith Crawford being one of the executives on Adult Swim at the time. His name is all over everything on Adult Swim, really. Uh, we've talked about him on the podcast before. 
So again, this was all after the Brack show, and they just revealed that they were canceled, and I like how Dad was kind of seeing it on TV in real time, even though he was in the episode. It's pretty silly. Um, but then we get just that little outro music after that clip. I just cut it out, saying, back after messages. So yeah, this will go to the commercial break, and then we will be led into our final segment, which is airing before Harvey Birdman. So going into our last segment here, this one's kind of long and there's really no way for me to cut it up. We have Brack doing the news because on our last clip, you know, they alluded to him still doing the news. So Brack is going to deliver a news report that his show got canceled. He'll be upset and crying about it. And then the George Lowe character went up with him and George Lowe is just going to go on a rant here. It's very, very funny. And Jay Edwards has talked about this and other Adult Swim guys have talked about this too. Anybody who's worked on Space Ghost that... When George Lowe would be in the recording booth, he would just start ranting about things. And Jay, in our interview, would talk about how he was like tasked with cataloging these rants and using the rants in the episode. So some of what Space Ghost would say was from George Lowe just ranting about stuff that had nothing to do with the script that they were supposed to be recording, right? So I feel like that's what's going on here, because this George Lowe character is going to go off on a very specific, particular rant, and I love it so much. It's very silly. So again, we're going to jump into Brack giving the news report. He's very upset. George Lowe, he's not, he doesn't seem sad about this. He seems angry. Hello, everybody. <laughs> They canceled the Bragg show. And since it's not April 1st, I guess it's not a joke. I'm pretty depressed about it, folks. <laughs> you know, my agent at William Morris just laughs at me when I tell him what I do for a living. <laughs> hey, George, we know it's your new show, but sorry, we have to cancel it. I don't got nothing else to say about it. <laughs> the ass munch I'm sitting across from has a sister with Disney who's <laughs> doing Lilo and Stitch and Lion King 8 and everything. And you, you, you think these motherfuckers would throw me a bone? <laughs> uh, I'd like to help you, but I can't. <laughs> well, they only hire <laughs> Ah, it's not it's not your fault. I know what you're up against. Just cast me in something else so I can pay my bills. I do other voices, you know. I don't just do those two. I got more in me. So it pops up saying Harvey Birdman is next. And obviously, I just love the juxtaposition between Brack just crying, just screaming, he's so upset, and George Lowe going on this rant, this very specific rant. But from what I could tell, this is actually ending after midnight. So it is now January 1st, 2004. And uh, there was no countdown or anything like that. Maybe there was like in the commercials in between these. I have no clue. But obviously they weren't really addressing it being New Year's Eve. The focus was on the Brack show getting canceled. But from there, we hit up Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. The episode is Black Watch Plaid. This actually being season two, episode one. So we've kind of touched on the podcast before how Harvey Birdman was kind of going like it started with Aqua Teen, but they just made them so much slower than Aqua Teen that while Aqua Teen just finished its second season with an order of 24 episodes, the first season, of course, spread across two years, was comprised of 18 episodes. Harvey Birdman has not had that many episodes, and we are just starting season two now, so lagging behind a bit. But the synopsis on this one is, when Harvey's boss, Phil Ken Seben, believes his office has been burgled, he installs a series of oppressive security measures at the firm. The email monitoring, cavity searches, color-coded crime alert system, and security cameras aren't making the office any more safe, but Phil seems to enjoy them. Meanwhile, Harvey is under pressure to bring in a new client. 
He ends up representing Secret Squirrel, who is on trial for publicity displaying the equipment he keeps underneath his trench coat. So this is a 7.9 out of 10, which is very highly rated. Just uh, so you know, the Aqua Teen episodes, uh, the cloning it was an 8.1 out of 10, and then the last one was an 8.2 out of 10. So the Aqua Teen episodes, you know, taken taking it home in terms of IMDb ratings. And from what I've seen online, that seems to be the popular ones too. I looked up a little bit about the discussion that went on this night. The Aqua Teen ones were the standout, of course, but I mean, Aqua Teen, hey, it's season two Aqua Teen. What do you expect? So yeah, we wrap up Harvey Birdman there. Now I should say the night is still going on. We have three other episodes here. At 1230, we get Family Guy with Da Boom, which is a New Year's Eve episode, a Y2K episode. So we have that Family Guy episode. Of course, not a new episode. All the previous stuff we talked about was new episodes. All the William Street stuff was new. But now moving on again, Family Guy with the Boom. That is not a new episode. Futurama after that with Space Pilot 3000. Of course, not a new episode. That's the first episode of uh, Futurama. Again, a New Year's Eve episode. And also a Y2K episode, I guess. You know, uh, back, at, back then, Y2K was a big deal. And uh, Family Guy in the Boom, it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic take on Y2K. But of course, in Futurama, Fry just gets pushed into a cryogenics chamber. And then he sleeps for a thousand years, really, until he wakes up in the Futurama world. So two different takes, because in Family Guy, it was like a post-apocalyptic thing. In Futurama, nothing really happens on Y2K. It's just that Fry gets frozen for a thousand years, really. So yeah, there's those two New Year's Eve and also, coincidentally, Y2K episodes. And then after that, we get the Venture Brothers with the Terrible Secret of Turtle Bay director's cut. That's at 1.30 a.m., not a new episode. The Venture Brothers actually showing three times this year, this being the third time. The previous time was actually July 27th on Adult Swim because, I mean, anybody who likes Venture Bros knows that that show is so slow to get episodes out because it's made by, like, four people. So uh, back on February 16th of 2003, The Terrible Secret of Turtle Bay premiered. It was a new episode that Sunday, February 16th. We did not have a new Aqua Teen episode that, that week, so we didn't really talk about it. But then again, on July 27th, we, they, they re-air it, the director's cut, and now about six months later, on, uh, at this point it's January 1st, 2004, they are re-airing it now. And Venture Bros will get more episodes this season, so it's possible we'll be talking about more Venture Bros going forward. But that is our lineup. Again, it's Aqua Teen Hunger Force with the cloning, and then again with the last one. C-Lab 2021 with Frozen Dinner. And then at 11.50, we get The Brack Show with Card Berkey. 12.10 a.m., Harvey Birdman with Black Watch Plaid. And then 12.30, we get Family Guy with The Boom. 1 a.m., Futurama Space Pilot 3000. And 1.30 a.m., we get The Venture Bros with The Terrible Secret of Turtle Bay Director's Cut. So hey, that's our lineup this night. Of course, we previously covered the cloning, and then we will soon be covering the last one. This whole segment was just so fun. I was so excited to dive into this. There isn't a whole lot I could really give you in terms of facts and information, but I feel like this really deserved to be talked about, and the Aqua Teens were featured so heavily in it. All the characters, including Carl, got their own little segments here. And, you know, if you like Aqua Teen, then you're used to these other voice actors because they basically are all in Aqua Teen, I think, except for Stephen Colbert, really. Oh, and uh, Kate Miller, who plays Deb in C-Lab. And maybe I'm forgetting someone else, but... Uh... You know, uh, the point is lots of these people show up again in Aqua Teen. Just, you know, it would have been a missed opportunity to not talk about this. As I've said, 
for example, on the Halloween segments, they did some stuff for Halloween that wasn't as in-depth as this. So that's why I was able just to cut out a short segment to put in that podcast episode here. If I just cut out the Aqua Teen stuff, it would have been like five minutes. And at that point, it's like, well, let's just cover the whole thing. So I'm glad we did. I hope you enjoyed just going through that. Just such an underrated gem and so cool that we got this mashup of all the characters from all these other William Street shows. But all right, that's it for me, really. I don't know what else to add other than what I've already said. I mean, I just, I adore this. I love how much effort they put into it. You get to see all these characters shine in, in their own unique brands of humor. And, you know, I have to wonder, like, I, I assume that all the shows, like, respective writers wrote the parts for their own characters and stuff. I'll have to ask about this, and, and we'll get more information about this as time goes on. But this is just such a cool little piece of Adult Swim lore i guess for lack of a better term it's just so fun i hope you enjoyed it again it's on youtube you can watch the whole thing for free and yeah that's it for me we'll be talking my plan is to talk about the last one next week so look forward to that wrapping up season two my favorite season of aqua teen the season that meant so much to me growing up so kind of sad but i think it's cool that we finished it and then i'm just really glad to start or just excited to start covering stuff i'm not as familiar with and of course learning more about aqua teen as a whole along the way so in the meantime i want to say thank you to all of our moon masters who support the podcast over at patreon.com slash dancing is forbidden link in the show notes gotta shout out the number one in the hood g tier patrons we've got sean ian captain buford brian robison and reverend raven 46 you guys can throw all your beer up any day of the week i'll talk to you next week when we go over the last one until then Take it easy, keep it cool, I'll see you later. Bye-bye. I couldn't find the toilet, so I just peed in this bag. Wow. Hey, should I put this in the fridge or what? Sure, put it in there next to mine.